welcome to my world. I'm yours, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, August 17th. We are here live. It is a free-for-all this morning. I've only got an hour. We'll head on into Rolling Toe at, uh, let me check, yeah, 9 a.m. So we've got one hour. I'm not going to do a long open. I've got a couple things I can talk about, but uh, I want to leave plenty of time for your questions. So line them up, 855 9503835 it is a free for all if you've got a question a comment a topic anything goes you can talk about anything you want just pick up the phone and join me a uh, couple of things one uh, i guess i'll start with this i saw an article i think we mentioned this a couple weeks ago it came up where i saw a couple of headlines and then i didn't see much more about it i thought it was kind of odd the first time i saw it then i see this headline yesterday truckers boycott in florida due to passage of senate bill 1718 um, this company supposedly did a survey and these are the numbers they came up with it claims that 71% of truckers and 58% of other transportation employees support boycotting Florida. Wow, really? 58% of anybody in transportation? Nobody asked me. 71% of drivers? I'm a little shocked by those numbers. Did we really do a, a good, accurate, scientific survey here? 71%? I don't think so. Um, like I said, I haven't seen much about this. I've kind of noticed some headlines and some talk here and there over the last month or so, but virtually nothing on social media that I've seen. I haven't seen any real group that is pushing this one. I, maybe I missed it, but I'm pretty active. I would have thought I would have seen it somewhere. Um, I don't even know what this bill was about. And this article doesn't really talk about it. I guess I'd have to go find that bill. Um, they talk about supply. Three in five transportation employees are concerned about possible supply chain disruptions due to the boycott. What? Really? Three in five people working in transportation are worried that this Florida boycott is going to cause supply chain disruptions? Did I miss something? Is this a much bigger story than I thought it is or thought it was or is? Because I can't imagine three in five people who work in trucking thinking that way. Since the 1970s, I haven't seen a trucking boycott disrupt much of anything. That's kind of my problem with them. They, they sometimes they get a lot of press and it's usually bad press and then they don't accomplish anything. This one just seems a little odd the way they're reporting on this one. Uh, if you have any comments on that or anything else, pick up the phone, call me 855-950-3835. I've got a, um, I've got a life lesson um, from wing foiling again. My hobbies keep giving me... Uh, life lessons. I'm trying to remember the name of a book right now because this thought just came to me uh, as I was doing my open. I don't remember. Oh, I just can't think of the name of this book. I remember the concept. I can't remember. I think it was two authors, but I can't remember the author's names either. Uh, and I don't, I can't really talk and search at the same time. So somebody call me so you can talk and I can go look for this book. The, the concept behind the book was a really good one. And I, I haven't seen many books written on this topic. Uh, it's about when you want to improve something or change something, your life, your money, your health, whatever it might be. This idea of making tiny little changes over and over and over and over to improve something instead of trying to make a bunch of big changes or one big change or uh, it's this idea of doing little things over and over and over that move you towards your goal um i still can't think of the book um uh, but here's, here was the lesson. So I, I know I'm kind of obsessed with this wing foiling, uh, but it's really, it's making me a little crazy. 
I'm pretty good at learning things. I've said before, I've ridden just about everything on the water you can ride. I've been doing it most of my life. I really thought I was going to pick this up in a day or two. I'm probably on day six or seven now. Uh, and most days when I go out, I spend two or three hours trying. Yesterday, I spent three and a half again, uh, and I'm pretty beat up again today. But I'm I'm frustrated with this. It's attempt over and over and over. I said yesterday, if I could get a boat, I'd probably get this in two hours because you would get to do it, attempt it consistently over and over and over. I mean, the way this works right now in what we call beginner's bay is I've got to drag my wing and my board through about, I have to walk about a hundred yards through the water to get to the starting point that gives me the most room to attempt this. And yesterday what was happening was my first attempt was right in a really nice wind spot. And on my first attempt, I was getting up on the foil almost every time, but then just crashing. I mean, that's, I got to figure out how to stay up on the foil. I can get up on the foil now. I have to learn how to stay on it. So then my second attempt based on where I would make it to was kind of a little behind this island and it was changing the wind and I wasn't able to get up on the foil through that stretch. Then the next stretch, I was able to get up on the foil, but the wind got really erratic right there. It kept changing directions. And then I'd have to try to come back the other direction, which I'm not very good at yet. And that would take me a while and it kind of tires me out. And then I'd probably still have to walk another 50 yards to get back to that spot. So you don't get a lot of good, consistent attempts. You're always kind of working to get back into position. That's the whole problem with this. You know, if I have a boat, the boat goes wherever you want it to go. With wind, I can only, the wind's blowing. And until you learn how to do this, you just keep getting blown downwind. But what I, what I started thinking about is how do we learn these things? Let me see if I can explain this. So before I attempted this, I watched videos and I got a lot of good tips on, you know, how to hold your wing, where to put your feet, you know, different ways to attempt starting this. The, the videos and the instructions always get to this point where, okay, you know how to hold the wing, you're standing on the board, you're fairly steady, and now you have to learn how to ride the foil. And there is no, there's very little instruction at this point. And the videos say the same thing. I listen to the instructors that are out there helping people. They say the same thing. It's just time now. You just have to keep trying. It's like you can't explain to somebody what you do to stand and ride this foil. I've used this analogy in the past, and it's really the same concept. I've said that I can tell somebody how to ride a unicycle. And by the way, this, uh, this foil is a lot like the unicycle. I, I realize that too. So in a lot of things you ride in the water, like a ski or a wakeboard, they go pretty straight. Your balance is only really kind of front and back. The side balance isn't all that critical. On this thing, the, the balance in every direction seems to be so critical. Just, just a little off and you crash. And I, I've said on the unicycle, I can tell you how I do this, but you will not be able to get on it and do it. And I can't tell you what you're doing wrong. Now, sometimes you can, and I've seen some instructors out here telling people, yeah, you're leaning a little too far to the left. Try to get more centered on the board. It's, it, trying to figure out how does my brain even figure this out because I don't know what I did to stay on the foil longer than the other time. It's like you, your, your body's learning something, but I don't understand what or how it's learning. Like there's so many things going on here. Okay. If the wind blows that way, you've got to turn this shoulder this way, put a little more weight on that. You couldn't possibly explain what is happening right then. And 
it's happening so fast and then you're constantly reacting and somehow just by doing it over and over and over we learn it but i can't even explain how we're learning that does that make any sense what i keep hoping for and i I finally realized it's not going to happen I keep hoping for some sort of big breakthrough and then I'm going to be doing this. But there is no big breakthrough. It's you get a little better each time you try it, just a little bit. And and sometimes you can't even tell that you're getting better. I don't know what I learned yesterday, but somehow I can ride the foil just a little bit better than I could the day before. But I don't know why. I can't explain what I did different. Somehow our body learns this just seems uh, if I could figure out how I was learning it, maybe I could speed up the process. But there there doesn't seem to be any shortcut to this other than if I went and got a boat, because then it would be that consistency. You'd just be able to do it over and over and over and over and learn something. But with with this, I think you can tell I'm uh, I'm a little frustrated. Usually don't have this much trouble learning. Somebody asked yesterday, uh, what was the age? Was I the oldest person out there? I don't know why they assumed I would be the oldest. I guess I am getting old, but uh, no, I'm not the oldest. I see, um, well, I am old, but I see people older than I am out there. And they're out there, they're learning. And I see some people that are out there and they're pretty darn good at it already. Um, So, one of the things they actually promote this as it, it is easier for people of all ages than kiteboarding because dealing with the kite can be difficult. So, but what they didn't really talk about was the fact that the only way you can use a wing is with a foil. You, you can't really use a wing with the regular wakeboard. If you could do that, I'd be all over the place because I can ride a wakeboard, but the wing, the kite produces enough power to pull a wakeboard. The wing doesn't. The reason the foil works is because there's so much less resistance once you get up on the foil, the wing provides plenty of power. But it wouldn't if you were just trying to do a board. You would just be dragging around in the water and you can't go very fast and you'd be tired. And so... The, the whole trick here really is the foil, and nobody has any experience on a foil. So that's, that's what everybody's learning. But it's just so darn touchy, it seems like. And again, there's just so many variables when you try this. Um, you just got to keep doing it over and over and over. So I am committed. So with that, uh, I, I think I'm going to hit the water again today. I'm going to check the forecast pretty dead right now. Um, if there's any chance we're going to have any wind, uh, I'm going to head out today. So I am only doing an hour. So if you've got a question, you want to get in here uh, pretty quickly. Uh, rolling toe will be up after that. And then I will not be coming back for a space today. Uh, I won't be coming back for a space tomorrow either. But uh, unfortunately, I don't get to go out on the river tomorrow. We have another project we have to work on. Uh, I'm not really going to talk about it yet. It is. Uh, it does have something to do with work, but uh, I'm not sure how we're announcing this or if we are talking about it. So we'll see. Uh, but no spaces this week. Uh, I'll do an hour today and then just an hour again tomorrow. Uh, so there won't be any trucking uh, technology and efficiency this week either. We can just do an hour and then I've got to get out of here. So that's the schedule for the week. Uh, I'm going to get to the phones, jump in and join me. Let's get started in New York. Kim, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Damn boomers need to just stay off the little kids' sports. Oh, hey, that's what I was going to talk about. Go back to, I, go back to barefoot water. Go, I, go back to barefoot water skiing. Oh, <laughs> hey, maybe you need a drone to pull you around. Oh, well, that's, the, see, that's what that I'm going to talk about. So I talked about, you know, I've seen some old people out there on the water, older than I am, and they're, they're, they're going at it. Um, it. You know, it's kind of physical when you're trying to learn. It's just walking out through the water with all the equipment wears you out, then trying to climb up on your board and then crashing and getting back. And climb. So I'm pretty beat up and I'm pretty tired. Once you get this, it's not that physical of a sport. There's not a lot of drag. So it's actually 
kind of a nice, easy, mellow, you know, not, you're not going to really exert yourself. So it is good for people of all ages, but on the other end of the spectrum yesterday, I saw a little kid, I don't know, maybe six. I'm thinking maybe he weighed all of 40 pounds and there is a, they make an electric foil. So it's the board with a foil and an electric motor. And you've got a remote, a wireless remote you hold in your hand, and you just stand on this thing and zoom around on the water. No wing, no nothing. It looks really cool, but there, I went and looked. The one I found was like $7,000. So um, I think I'll figure out how to yeah, use my no. wing. But what I saw yesterday was this little boy. Like I said, he's about 40 pounds. He's on his own little board, and he's got his wing, tiny little wing. And his dad has one of these electric uh, foils. So his dad tows him out to the perfect spot of the wind and then lets him go. And the kid's practicing and the dad just kind of follows him along on this electric foil. And then when they get, you know, you, you just keep getting blown downwind is what happens till you figure this out. But he, it's almost like having a boat for him because his dad just keeps towing him back to the perfect spot. That kid will be up and doing that. He was, he was looking pretty darn good yesterday. He wasn't really getting up on the foil, but he was riding the board just fine. Nice. Hey, are you left-handed, by the way? No. Why? Okay. Because I'm left-handed, and back in high school, I had a real hard time with wrestling, learning new moves. So everything, to me, looked backwards. Yeah, I'll bet. So, so being left-handed, I, I focus things differently that way. That could be one of the issues here, and I've talked about this, in every other water skiing kind of sport, whether it was slalom skiing, wakeboarding, you have boots, you know, secure boots you put your feet in, and you always ride the same way the same foot back, whether it's what they call traditional or then it's called goofy foot if you do the opposite of whatever. And I was goofy foot. It doesn't seem to have anything to do with your hand coordination. It's more of, I think, what you just started with. You know, whatever you happen to put that ski on the first time, that's probably what you're going to stick with. So for me, I was always right foot back slalom skiing and wakeboarding. Now, the problem here is... You can do that going in one direction across the water, but when you want to turn around and come back in the other direction, you really have to shift your feet and you got to kind of do this on the fly and you don't have boots. That's weird too, but I am so uncoordinated the other coming back the other direction. When I have to switch my feet, I am, I can't even call myself a beginner at that yet. I mean, I can barely stand on the board for some reason. I don't know what, and and it it's just like trying to do something with your weak hand, like try if you're right-handed trying to do something yep. left-handed. That's what this feels like. It just I feel so uncoordinated and awkward. Well, hey, the reason why I call is because I've been experimenting with uh, it's called pannequin. Oh yeah, yep, and it's just. Basically three ingredients, uh, berries, dehydrated berries, dehydrated meat, ground up into fine powder, and then add fat. A lot of fat. So I, I started with, yep, a lot of fat. I started now, with... real, real quick, the traditional uh, yeah. pemmican doesn't have to have berries. So some traditional pemmican is just meat and fat. doesn't even have the berries. Yep. yep. I used liver, used uh, different cuts of meat. The less fatty, the better. And, uh, yeah, I added a little brain octane to this last batch. Yeah. I have too much energy to sit in the seat. I'll bet. Now, if kind of somebody, if somebody wants to try pemmican, but they won't, don't want to go through the hassle of learning how to make it. U.S. Wellness meat sells pemmican. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And I think well, the reason why I started I, experimenting they, with they've it is, got a traditional that's just ahead. meat and fat. And then I think they have one with cherries. Oh, okay. See, cherry was the hardest thing for me to dehydrate. The cherry never seemed to want to dehydrate. Even after 48 hours, it was still a little mushy. Yeah. Sometimes berries you know, can even be really tough. And we even made some of the, uh, what do we call that? It's like a fruit roll-up. It's like a mush. Fruit leather. Then you just dry it out. 
Yeah, leather. Tried doing the leather um, and then dried that out so it was crispy and then ground it up. That worked okay. Okay. Um, but the reason is because we're going to go backpacking and we were looking for, I called a couple months ago about looking for some of these freeze-dried foods. Right, right. Well, I thought maybe I would look into buying a freeze-dryer, uh, $6,000, for just a small one. Um, have they got... So Which company that, were you looking at? I thought uh, the big company that makes them, the smaller one, was more like 3000 Have they gone up that much? Harvest, right? I'm not Isn't sure. that the name just, of the company? I just, I'm not sure what it's called. I just looked on, on the Google search there, and yeah, uh, I, those were the ones that were coming in it. I've looked at it, and it was a couple of years ago. I don't know if uh, inflation has hit it that hard or not, but I, I couldn't justify it really because I – I don't like the consistency of most food after it's been freeze-dried. I just don't. The one exception is fruit. But, I mean, how much dehydrated or freeze-dried fruit am I going to eat? Not that much. So, and, and you can buy it. I could buy an awful lot of it uh, without going to buy the machine. So as much as I love that kind of stuff and I have exactly. all kinds of cooking devices and dehydrators and sous vide, and I, I've got a ton of that kind of stuff, I just... Couldn't see the uh, freeze dryer. Just didn't make sense to me. Yep. Oh, this is great. Uh, once you're using the pemmican, and it's, I have my morning NDK coffee, um, Dr. Jack's coffee, cardi- cardiology coffee, have that, and pemmican around lunchtime, just a small square, like a brownie size. Oh, it doesn't Actually, take much. it looks like brownies, meat right. brownies. Yeah. And that'll get me all the way through the next day. Yeah. And I'm not even hungry, so <laughs> I'm eating... <laughs> Yeah, no yep. doubt. That, now, I Makes will warn wonder. people, um, if you have gallbladder issues, you be very careful. This is super high fat. This is probably, I think it's more yeah. than 50% fat. Uh, it's really high. In, it's half and half. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty close to that, yeah. So um, this is actually a Native American food is where this came from. The um, the American Indians, yes. and I, several different tribes, pemmican was kind of a staple for them when they traveled because it, it travels so well. That much fat preserves the meat. So pemmican, now if you buy it from U.S. Wellness, they ship it cold. But we had, uh, when we had the John, the owner on, um, he eats pemmican every day. Says he has for like decades, I think. Um, and he'll tell you, he says, no, nah, mm-hmm. I leave that stuff out for weeks or months. He said, we can't say that technically, but uh, it's shelf stable. Oh, absolutely. And that, that's kind of why I was experimenting with different fats. The best one that we seem to be is the, the fats that are around the organ meats, because those are the hardest. Yeah. Um, hard so, as far as firmness. So in... Um, so when I'm out on the trail and I don't have refrigeration, you know, I'm just walking around, the hardest fat stays more like a granola, granola bar. It doesn't melt away. If I use have, bacon fat, it turns to... Oh, yeah, it just melts. Yeah. Right. Uh, have, yep, you just tried, melts. have you tried something called leaf lard? Yes. Okay. That was one of the first ones that we tried. That was That's the pork. Right. Um, what works seems to work the best, better is the beef tallow, the duck, Duck fat works good, and I love duck lamb fat. tallow works really good. Yeah, I, duck fat's one of my yep. favorites. Um, leaf lard is specifically the fat from around the organs. Yep, exactly. Yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah. You it, put, yeah, U.S. Wellness has it. They do. It, it's interesting. I mean, for I, I like fat, so this wasn't a problem for me when I tried it, but for a lot of people, this is a pretty weird kind of food. Yeah, well, it's a great way to get the organ meats, like yeah, liver and some other things. Just yeah. dehydrate it, and there it is. Yeah, you're right, and it's such concentrated energy. Like I, like you said, you're not eating a big piece. You can't eat a big piece of this. It doesn't take much. Oh, we just lost that call, huh? Just dropped right out of nowhere. All right, well, we will move along. Let's go to uh, Maryland. Jeremy, welcome. Hi. What's on I your got mind a today? Story. Wait. Oh well, the things you t- you mentioned. Uh, I got a little story. When I was uh, I don't know twelve, thirteen, or a friend of our mine, and every well the first summer, yeah, we we tape up our BMX bikes and take our surfboards like at five in the morning and just learn every day. Learn, try to learn. You know, add a note. Just simply, just you know, no directions. Just 
trying yeah. to learn and eventually yeah we had it we so, had it and that was uh I look back on it and go, it's pretty... So you know what I mean, then. You, you, you know. try, you fall, you try, you fall, you try, you get a little further, you fall. You keep... But what are, yeah, you, what are thinking, we learning? I'm like, doing, like, I know. Like, you, you can't explain what you're learning. I can't. I, it's just... It, the more I do it, I get a little better and a little better and a little better. But I can't really explain what I'm doing different. I... I mean, now I probably would have more things to say about explaining it, but back then I was probably too stoned to, you know, even use my brain, but... (laughs) I'm not sure if you would be able to explain it. I mean, I'm thinking about what did I learn yesterday? I I was better at the end of the day yesterday than I was the day before. But what what was I better at? What was I doing different? And I don't know that I can explain it. Like... Like you said, man, just time. That's what I was kind of getting at. Just, I just was blind, and I just, we just did it every day until your body just adapts to it. I guess is what I was. Right. That's what I mean. Was saying, you, but you, uh, you learn it, yeah. but you don't really know how, and you can't explain it to anybody else. And, and, when, and then you talked about, you know, one, you know, it feels like you're doing the opposite hand. And then I, I thought, well, maybe you should try Goofy Foot or something, maybe. But thought you probably well, already have tried that. Well, no, here's the thing. There are no, the other way. There are no. no boots, so you can put your feet anywhere you want on this board. And that's kind of the thing. You move around on this board. That's a whole new thing for me. Um, oh, wow. But yeah. the, the, your wing always has to be downwind from your body. So the way you do this, whether you're on a river or the ocean, if you're on the ocean, you tend to just go back and forth across the beach, um, parallel to the beach, because you don't want to go straight out because then you got to fight to get back in. So on a river, I don't want to go up or down river because then how am I going to get out and get back to where my car is and all that? So you tend to stay right in that. You, well, you want to stay right in that spot in the river so you can just get back out where you got in. So you go across the river and then you come back and you go across and come back. And you can go up and down. But for the most part, you, you go back and forth. So if I'm going north oh, uh, towards Washington from my shore then I have to have my right foot back and my left foot is forward and I'm holding my wing downwind. Well, when I want to turn around, think about it. If all I do is turn the board and the wing, now my wing is upwind and it's just going to get blown at me. You can't, you can't do it that way. The wing doesn't even work. So as you're making that turn to come back the other direction, You've got to shift your feet and get the wing over to the other side. And now you have to ride with your other foot back. Now, when you get better, there is a way to hold the wing across your body so you wouldn't shift your feet. But that's not a really good way to ride. I mean, there are some turns you do where you do that first, then you shift your feet. But for the most part, you have got to learn how to ride this board with either foot back and always keeping that wing downwind. Uh, and it just doesn't seem like it should be that difficult. All I did was uh, <laughs> I'm just looking in a different direction, kind of. And my, my feet are opposite, but I don't know why it's so damn awkward. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, when you mentioned those books, I was, you know, I... I Thought of that book, uh, War, uh, the Art, of, the War of Art. No, and, that's um, not it. For, uh, okay, for some reason, I got from I got out of that book was how like how to embrace resistance. I, yes. When I re- try to remember it, I mean, it was yeah, wild. that. Oh, okay, that is the book that yeah. uses that term resistance and um, the the idea being that when you're when you're trying to do something big and important, that the resistance will fight back. There's something about the, the bigger the project, the more important whatever it is you're trying to do. It's, it's almost like the world aligns against you and tries to stop you from doing it. That's this resistance he talks about. And it's, you know, for him, it was writing. 
Um, but you can apply this to almost anything. For me, um, let's just use this concept for this wing foiling thing. So yesterday it was, it was going to be high 90 degrees and the wind wasn't supposed to be that great. So it would have been easy for me to say, and I was doing this. I was waiting for those perfect days. And finally, I told the story. Lisa said, why don't you just go? And that's kind of the thing. There's, there's always some reason I shouldn't go today. You know, there's always something that kind of stands in our way, whether it's your spouse that, you know, doesn't like whatever it is you're working on right now, or they think it's taking too much time, or, you know, your car breaks down on the day you're supposed to have the most important meeting for this thing. It's this idea of when you're trying yeah. to accomplish something, there's this resistance that will try to stop you. It, and how do you keep working through that resistance? And really, about the only way is, is yeah, Lisa summed it up in one sentence. Why don't you just go? Why don't you just do it? Just yeah. do it. For, stop all the, you know, trying to make everything perfect and stop waiting for the perfect wind and day. and Just, just go. Because that's the only way you can learn these things is to just keep trying. Yeah, maybe even go at different hours of the day, like change that up maybe like on, on the weekend or something like or, you know or the, 5 a.m or something you know the, i don't know well here's the thing when i used to water ski 5 a.m was my time you know why zero right. wind it's as calm no as can right. be right so th that's that's the challenging part with this you're really limited in a lot of ways I'm limited on, on wind. If it's not there, it's not there. There's nothing I can do about that. If it's gusty, I can't really change that, but gusty winds make this really difficult to learn. Everybody I talked to said, you know, a boat would be the best way. The second best way would be go out to the ocean because the winds are steady and consistent. And in the gorge, they're not. They're, they're volatile and gusty and they change, and that's why people love it. When you get good, those difficult conditions are more fun but they're also harder to learn uh and and then there's that like i said that that if i could try 15 attempts in an hour i would probably get it but you know i go out for three three and a half four hours and i might not get 15 attempts some days yeah that's like California waves. They're just, it, right. you, you it, might get a wave every year. Yeah. Yeah. It's the yeah. same way. You, you just have to wait until you get a good enough wave to try And, and if, if we know it's going to take us 500 attempts to figure this out, well, I just want to do those 500 attempts as quick as I can, but you can't. Yeah. yeah I still got to I still haven't, you two didn't just even look that up. I'm going to do that. Uh, the, the article you, you mentioned, I, I, yeah, I had a, you know, father-in-law, he's always, I have a father-in-law, he's always trying to convince me that, you know, um, that, uh, you know, half our country were, race, you know, racist and, uh, um, there's, you know, Texas and Florida have got the worst, uh, anti, you know, human laws and anti-racist and all, just all that, all, just everything right. negative, everything negative about, you know, so. I just figured, I figured just a bunch of phony news out there in feeding, feeding them, you know, and it just jumps all over it. And this one just makes me a little crazy. These, those are some of the worst numbers I've seen for statistics. What did they do? Interview 10 people who were standing around with signs saying they wanted to protest? I mean, it, they didn't. They yeah. didn't do a, a real survey that is very meaningful here, not with those kind of numbers. And like I started noticing the the sources he's been, you know, kind of when he does send me something, it's I, I've never heard of these sources, and you know who knows? It's it's like the uh, Inquirer or something. I don't know. Well, it, it it's or, crazy or, uh, where we are know. where we are now. We have access to uh, unbelievable amounts of information right in our pocket. I mean, it's right there. You can look up anything you want on your phone. We have access to all this information and the problem now is we don't know what's right i know and and how can and, you and, know and the ones that control how, it and, and the how, ones that, right, yeah. how can we know i can only do so much research i mean this story for example well i'm going to talk about this story and i'm going to tell you i think these numbers are completely bogus 
but am I going to take the time to go try to figure out who they, I, oh, hell no. I don't have time to go. Right. And, and when all these issues come up, you know, it, it, even if it's on mainstream media, you absolutely can't trust it. We know they lie and manipulate. That's been proven. We know that social media, in many cases, is still being heavily censored and, and manipulated. So how do you know what is real anymore? And now we have, yeah. now we have fake videos. You know, it was one thing when you looked at a picture and you would say, oh, well, they could have Photoshopped that. They could make a picture look like anything. Well, now they can make videos look like anything. They can make a video of you saying things that you never said. Wow. That's what yeah, AI, the fire a, a, AI like, can, can yeah. make these deep fake videos wow. now. So how do we know anything, whether it's true or not? You know, people send me a lot of videos and I, I, I talk all the time about this. I very, very seldom ever watch videos. They're too time consuming. Give me the transcript and let me read it instead. I can get through it much faster. And people keep sending me videos, and they'll wow. even start off saying, I know you don't watch videos, but you have to watch this one. They talk about this. And, well, wait a minute. It doesn't matter what they talk about. How do I know that it's real? Well, they have all the proof. Well, what proof? How do I know their proof is real? Yeah. So that's, that's another yeah. thing, these Be big the conspiracy the theory like, kind of, you know, the Great yeah. Reset, it's all the Fed. I, I, I've yeah. read the books. I've tried to get my head around this. I can't, and I don't want to read these <laughs> books anymore. I don't want to watch these videos because they make me crazy. And how can I ever prove that they are actually real or not? And they'll say, but they have proof. Well, well right, but their proof is just somebody else saying that it's real. Uh, what, how about the new one, Dark Future? <laughs> Which one? What's that? Uh, Glenn, Glenn Beck, Dark Future. It's like basically the results of now what will happen after. Right. It, they get, it, you know, yeah, more I, control. I won't well, read AI's that kind of in there and all that, you know. Well, AI's in there and all this stuff. It's kind of like current events, seems like. And, and I, I'm not disputing that it <laughs> isn't you know. true. That's not my point. I could, I can't dispute yeah. it and say it's not true. Just like I can't say it is right. true. That's my problem. It, it, it's almost like we're at the point where you have to follow some thought process or ideology now just on faith alone. Well, wait a minute. I don't have any faith in any of these people or groups or organizations. Even yeah. if I trust somebody. How do I know that their information is, is real and correct? I mean, it, it's why almost everything we do around here, we just base everything on results. Right, right. Yeah, he's like a watchdog kind of thing. He keeps, it's just something to look out for, I guess. Yeah. Hey, I got to gotta move along. I got to watch my... Uh, I gotta watch my phone lines here. Make sure I get through these calls, and uh, I'm gonna try not to hold up the Beckets today. So let's get to it. Joe, what's on your mind today? Oh, hey, Kevin. Uh, really cool phone call you had the other day with that pilot helicopter guy. Oh yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was a really well. Was uh, uh, one of my little pet peeves when I had my own truck. I don't have it now, but. Green versus red. Red came out. Everybody said, "Don't use that because it's got too much acid in it." And green's a pain in the backside because you have to keep checking it for the pill, the pill and the filter. And I fought and fought and fought. I even had a dealer mix them, red and green. Oh, that's a bad idea. Oh no! Uh, well, no, they just, some people just don't care. They just don't want to. Now let let let's it. let's address but, that for a second. There was always this thought that you can't mix oils, especially synthetic and, and conventional. That's absolutely not true in oil. Any oil with the proper API classification can be mixed with any other oil and they will work just fine. That, that there is never a problem mixing oils that have the proper API classification. Coolant is not true. That, that is not a true statement for coolant. I'm sure there are some coolants that will mix okay, but I wouldn't even attempt it. Just, just stay away from it because you can cause some pretty goofy issues mixing some of these. 
And and I know there are people right now going, oh, I've mixed them before nothing happened. It, that might be. I just said some of them will mix fine, but some of them won't. Well, it'd be nice if they had a warning on the label, huh? Uh, yeah, there's there's nothing on the. You know, I, I was um, this last time when I blew a, a radiator line on my coach and I had to fix it on the side of the road. And then I had to walk to the parts store and get coolant. There was a universal coolant. Now, that was interesting. That one does claim that you can mix that one with anything. That was the first time I had seen that. Well, is there actual acid? The, the complaint about the red was there's acid in there to tear up your motor. No, that's not all true. All the green guys there's, said, hey, don't. There, there's, there's acids in everything, but, but not all acid is corrosive the way we think of it. I mean, th- what is brain octane? Fatty acids. So just because the, this word acid is in the name doesn't mean that it's like battery acid and it's corrosive. There's, there's lots of different organic acids. So, yes, there are organic acids in the red coolant. They're there for a reason. They belong there. They don't hurt anything. My God, what are these people thinking? There's, there's a million trucks running around with this red coolant, and they have been for probably 30 years now. It doesn't tear up motors. You just have to make sure you're putting the right coolant in the right engine. There have been some cases where the wrong coolant attacks the seals sometimes, it, and sometimes they're rare. So you can... A lot of this doesn't get done right, and it still doesn't cause big problems most of the time. But but to me, why anybody would stick with the old green coolant that needs to be recharged, and if it doesn't get recharged, it could wipe out a block. It, cavitation is the issue we have when you don't have the additives in there. You can get cavitation, which is pitting of the block. And it will wipe out a block so it can't be rebuilt. So if you keep green in there and you keep the additives in it all the time, you'll be fine. But when there's well, a, the, a coolant that goes 700,000 miles without needing to add anything to it, why wouldn't I use that coolant? Well, I thought it was 500, but No, it's 700,000. Well, I see it in all the trucks now. Everybody seems to have gone to red. Correct. But, that That's my you know, point. Getting, getting, getting people to change from gray to red was pretty rough. It, yeah, I mean, getting people nobody, to change much of anything can be rough. Uh, people don't like change. Oh, well, that's all I was. I, 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 heard, you, I heard you talking to the guy, and, and, and you kind of went back and forth on the red and green. I just... I just I just wondered what your opinion with that was. Yeah, I, it, I bought that for a long time out of a lot of shops. That, oh, I forgot. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, oh, I, you ran a blank. You ran a blank. You ran a pill. I didn't check. I'm sorry. Here, just a minute. That, now you got red. It, We're going to forget about all that. Exactly. So why didn't ask for red? Well, yeah, well you know what I mean? It's, yeah. just a, it's a shop fight well, is what it is. When, all of a sudden, next thing you know, it's a great mechanic, and now you're in a fight with him over stupid anything. I know. When I did the research on this, this was a long time ago. I mean, this goes back more than 10 years ago that I did this. It was when I found out there's only a couple factories in the United States that even make coolant. So all of these brands are all made in a couple factories and then labeled differently. And they do have different formulations. So I'm not saying they're all exactly the same, but they're made in the same place. Um, That was one thing I learned. The other thing I learned was they did a survey of shop managers. So service managers. And over half of the service managers could not tell you what the proper coolant for each truck was. They didn't know. Yeah, I remember you saying that a long time ago. Yeah, I remember you saying you said yeah. that a long time ago. I'll never forget that one too. I said, yeah. yeah, well, that's a little bit my little because because I got this great mechanic, and all of a sudden, next thing I know, he's heads down, he's sweating because it's a lot of money. I mean, I said, oh, here, I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. It's not a big deal. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got it. I got it. Don't worry about it. I got this. I got this. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I heard you talking to that pilot about that, and I yeah. kind of skipped over it. I didn't know. So uh, I'll call you about it. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks for the call. You know, and then the other thing that confused this was all the different colors. 
you know, red was kind of the first extended life, long life. But then we started getting purple and blue and orange and um, there were all kinds of weird colors. And were they different? Um, The only thing I ever really learned was you have long life and not long life. Uh, not long life is the green. It's always got to be recharged. I just tell people, stay away from that stuff. Why would you even want that anymore? Uh, but then there there was some talk about, well, this long life isn't right for this engine. Your best bet, honestly, look in your manual. Look in your owner's manual. Don't ask the service manager. He probably doesn't know. Just look in your owner's manual. Let's go to Ohio. Herschel, welcome. Hey, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Well, I was looking at the store. There is a Instinct 1, Instinct 2, Instinct 2 Truck Edition. Can you give me the quick Reader's Digest? Which one should I have? I'm thinking maybe I should have one because of everything that I'm working on and changing. But I don't know. I don't want to buy the dud, but I don't need a flamethrower to eat aliens either. No, I'll give you the, the scoop here. So skip the one. It's just the new generation has more features, better sensors, that kind of stuff. So just skip the one. In the two, the the health features and everything on the watch are the same between the standard and the truck edition. The difference, the truck edition does include my workouts, but they're, I mean, they're not all that critical. I mean, I wouldn't buy the watch just to get those workouts. I could tell you what they are. Um and you get the truck-specific features like your ELD on your watch and, and that kind of stuff. You know, your watch will tell you when your 30-minute break is due. And uh, so if you want the truck-specific features, which are mostly around hours of service and ELD and that kind of stuff, then you would get the truck edition. But as far as the health yeah. features, they're, they're really the same. I really don't need the truck edition. I fight and talk to that stupid ELD tablet enough. I don't need it, another that, one. That's kind of what I mean, right? You, you you would just be getting that same stuff going on on your arm uh, instead of on the ELD tablet. So uh, if, if you're not going to use that, then you probably, I can't think of, I wear the truck version just because that's the one they sent us when we were testing all this stuff. And I just kept it. So, and I obviously don't use any of that stuff. Um, so it's not like it's in your way, but if you don't need it, then, you know, that, that really is the difference. You know, the big thing I'm using this watch for, a lot of the data is nice sleep and all that, but sleep's just not very accurate. And I've talked about sleep. The HRV is the real key here. And, and I, 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 you know, I took mine off for a month and I said, I'm going to try to get my HRV score back up. Now, a lot of things have happened. Uh, I haven't done some things I need to be doing, but I really thought based on what I was doing every day that my HRV should have been improving, but I couldn't, I wasn't monitoring it. So I I was kind of guessing and I'm thinking, yeah, but over time I'm not feeling better. I don't feel like I'm recovering. So I put my watch back on and not only was my HRV not coming up, in the time I wasn't wearing, it dropped almost 10 points. I'm back down to the bottom again. Wow. Okay. The other day, there was a guy, and I think he said his name was Mike, but I might have that wrong, that had been to Dr. Jack and did the five months worth of cell core. He's done all that. Is, am I right? Is that Mike, I think? The pilot, I think it is. Yeah, I think that was Mike talking about that. I do know Mike um, does go to Dr. Wilson once a year. I think he has done it for a couple of years now. Um, he has, so I think it was him talking about it. Yeah. I wonder if he's on the trucking tribe. I don't remember if I see him in there or not. I'm not I, sure. I'd like to talk to him about his experience just because I'm doing what he did. I think it would be really interesting to talk to him if he was in, up for that to uh, discuss he, what to expect and what happens and all that. He's a pretty regular listener. We can certainly put you in touch with him. I mean, that's not hard. Yeah. yeah if you can, okay. if you can, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Here's what I'll do. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to put you back in the queue. Um, we'll, 
Well, honestly, I don't even know if I need to put you in the queue. We have your information. We have Mike's information. All we have to do is get you guys together. Um, Angie, if you could, um, uh, if, if Angie, if you don't know the Mike we're talking about, you probably don't. Um, I'll, I'll get the information you need after. Um, so just get Herschel's, I guess. Like I said, we have both of their information. I'm sure we do. We'll figure it out. Uh, let's go to, oh, hold on. Things just moved. Let's go to Arkansas. Foster, it looks like you'll get the final word today. What's on your mind? Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Uh, I was wondering about cholesterol a little bit. Uh, I'll be 49 August 23rd. I went to the doctor about four months ago and asked him to check all my levels because I take thyroid medicine, Synthroid, and a Polistec. That's all I take. So why and, why uh, are you taking so, Synthroid? Have you had part of your thyroid removed? No, sir. Okay, uh, so you... I was feeling bad. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was... So you, you just have a very... Um, probably underactive thyroid then yes sir okay and what was the other drug you said Prolisec. oh so you have heartburn issues as well so let, let me let me make a yes, guess sir. here I, i'm gonna i'm gonna take a what we call a wag i'm gonna take a wild ass guess let's see if i'm right um you're eating the standard american diet yes yes of course you are and you have the standard american diseases and that leads to the standard American drugs, which also leads to the standard American death. They're, they're all sad. Uh, the only answer I have for you is we can fix all of these, all of these issues, if you're willing to radically change your diet. But that's the only way we'll ever fix these. Otherwise, you will be on that Synthroid forever. It, it's making a mess of your hormones, by the way. Um, you will be on the Prilosec forever, and that's a bigger problem than most people think because Prilosec does what? It reduces your stomach acid. So why would we want to reduce stomach acid? It's a really important thing. Stomach acid is how we get our nutrients because it breaks down our food. Stomach acid protects us from things like viruses and all kinds of other problems by killing it because the acid is so strong. And when you weaken your stomach acid like that, you open yourself up for more infections and you are not getting the nutrition you need. Not that there's much nutrition in the standard American diet anyway. So you can either stick with what you're doing, which means you'll be on these drugs for now. If you call me back in two years, you'll probably be on a different drug. Uh, more drugs, and at some point you will probably become diabetic. Almost everybody does. Or you can change your diet and all of this goes away, and you won't need any drugs at all because neither one of the drugs you're taking right now have solved anything. All they're doing is covering up symptoms and actually making the problem wow. worse. The Prilosec is really bad for your health. And... You mentioned, okay. you know, your your doctor's doing your numbers. I'm pretty sure he recommended a statin for you, didn't he? No, sir. No? What was your cholesterol numbers? No. Uh, Crestor is what he... Uh, he that's a statin. The, and that's, that's, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Yeah. See, I was right. Uh, How did I know that? Because everybody eating the standard American diet will end up on a statin sooner or later. Their doctor will put them on a statin. And they're really bad for us, and they do nothing for your health. But this is the pattern. You can see it. You are on one drug. Then you're on another drug. Now they're talking about a third drug. This is how it goes. You will end up being the 60-year-old that's on the standard six to seven prescriptions, just like all the other 60-year-olds are. Or, or you can opt out of that. I, I've never been on a long-term prescription in my life, ever. I'm not on any right now at 60. I don't take anything. A couple supplements, but that's about it. And I'm healthier than I've ever been. So I took it for three months, and I don't I don't eat. I do eat the standard American diet, but I don't eat bread, and I don't eat sweets, and, and I drink a lot of water, occasionally sweet tea. Yeah, it, the you, fourth you, month, don't, don't fool yourself. Me back. Don't, don't, don't fool yourself. You do eat sweets, 
because there's sugar in almost everything today. There's sugar in barbecue sauce. There's sugar in every condiment. There's sugar in savory foods. If you eat at restaurants, you're eating lots of nasty stuff, the seed oils. That, yeah, I, I will say I had a better version of the standard American diet than most people because I love to cook and I love to cook from scratch. But even my version of the standard American diet made me sick, and it would have made me sicker and sicker year after year after year. Yes, sir. But I took it for three months, and they did not uh, write me another script for it until they tested me the fourth month, and it went down. Well, Well, guess what, though? Six months from now, when you go back and they test again, guess what's going to happen? Statins don't fix anything. Uh, they only keep the number low when you're on them. As soon as you go off of them, your numbers will start to climb again. And someday in the future, you're going to get another blood test and your doctor's going to go, oh, we need to put you on a statin. Okay. I also quit eating a lot of the pork and, and uh, Why would you quit eating like pork? That. I, I eat more. Why, why, why would you quit eating pork? Is that not what caused the cholesterol to go up? Oh, hell no. What caused the cholesterol to go up is all the processed foods you eat and all the restaurant food. It wasn't the pork and the beef and the fat. It wasn't the eggs. It wasn't the butter. It wasn't the bacon. None of those things are bad for your cholesterol. All of those are real food. Those are all good for us. Those are the things we should be eating all day. And when we eat those things all day long, our cholesterol actually starts to get better. Not that I care. I don't, I, I've only checked my cholesterol once in my life, and I, I did it just because I kept saying, I don't even know what mine is because I don't care what it is. And of course, mine was way high. If I had a doctor, I don't even have a doctor. I did all the testing myself. If I had a doctor, they would have been screaming at me to get on a statin or I'm going to have a heart attack. Yes, sir. But they're wrong. They lie or they just don't know. The system is so broken that the, the, our entire medical system is run by big pharma, and their whole point is to sell a lot of drugs. Yes. Well, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't volunteer him to write me another script of it whenever, uh, whenever I went back in there. So Good. I, and, and, and matter of fact, I, my joints was hurting here a while back, and he tried to write me some kind of inflammation. I was like, no, I already take two. Uh, I listen to this show, and uh, if I take two today, in five years, I'm going to take be taking four or something like that. In five more years, it'll, it'll even triple or something like that. So well, well so I he mean, did, he, he didn't write me that. He, he just proved exactly what I said. Every time you go back, they try to write you another prescription for something. That, that's all they know. That's all they do. That's all they want to do because they make boatloads of money selling drugs. Yes, sir. I sure appreciate what you do. I, I listen to you. I, I don't truck every day. I actually pull oversized loads. Okay. And uh, I'm not out here every day. Right. Uh, so I was actually listening to August the 2nd whenever I called in. I got to thinking about that. Uh, episode august second episode so uh i do listen but See, i let, just gotta strict strict let, my diet even you, more could, you could I, i'm pretty sure you could do something for seven days if you knew it was just seven days you would probably be able to do it right even if you thought well this is weird it, w- could you try something for seven days yes sir. Here's I, i've done the meat nuts vegetables yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna go uh, a step egg. further we're, we're going to go a step further than that now. We, we've moved beyond that. I, I remember those days where I used to say that list over and over and over, and it's a good list, but we figured out there's an even better way to get even faster results. We're going to make that list even smaller. On this list, all you're going to eat is something that came from an animal for seven days. No plants at all. No vegetables, no nuts, no seeds, no fruits, nothing that came from a plant. For seven days, you can eat anything you want. You can eat as much as you want, but it has to come from an animal. So it has to be meat of some kind. 
Uh, sure, go ahead. Mm. Dirty, dirty meat. I mean, dirty yeah, I don't care. meat. Like, I like, don't care where you get it from. Okay. Buy it all at Walmart. I don't care. Yeah, I'm not worried about Seven quality days. now. That can come later. Um, right now, all we're trying to do is show the difference in your body if you go seven days with with only eating animal products. You'll be amazed at what changes. I'm going to call you back in seven days. I'm looking forward to it. I sure appreciate it. Thank you, sir. All right. We will talk to you soon. We're going to wrap this up. Rolling Toe is right around the corner. Uh, and I will see you back here tomorrow morning for another hour of free for all. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.